it always seems like we have this baby face who is very patriotically inspired. Right off the bat, you'll think about Hulk Hogan, but there's so much more. I think you mentioned Sting earlier. You've got John Cena. Hell, even now you have Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. He's the one that's running the flag all day, every day, waving it and dancing in the moonlight as the American Nightmare right now, right? I think that there is a handful of options if you don't want to go with Cody Rhodes, but I think he's the groundbreaking standpoint of the future of American babyface. So as much as we are not super big Cody Rhodes guys, me or you, either one, I think that he is the archetype that fits right into the mold of John Cena and Hulk Hogan and all these guys that predecessored him. Like you were talking about Lex Luger earlier. That's another really great example of someone they were like, let's push this guy, but also let's put him in American flag Zumbas. Do you think he really plays uh, an American made man better than Dusty did? When you go back and you look at those common man uh, vignettes that he did uh, in WWE, even, you know, like the hard times promo, there's so many different errors of him portraying that good old boy right well this is the difference between now and then though man like this is the the age of who americans are now are closer to cody rhodes like i think back then you do have the common man of dusty Rhodes, and that works fine with the hard times promos and the way he the cut of his jib works and the accent that he has that rolls off of his tongue i think sure you saw a lot of blue collar americans see him and see representation from dusty Rhodes because he didn't look like the athlete of today. I think that's a fair assessment, but I think more people are more turds towards what Cody Rhodes is now, where it is like a an anxiety-ridden human being. You know what I mean? Like he's lost so much in his life, not necessarily like people, but like in wrestling, from a wrestling perspective. He's lost a ton. He's been given a ton of shit, and he still has to get up every day and do the thing that he thinks that he needs to do. And that's the new representation of the working class. So to say that he's not his dad is not really very fair to Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes is cutting cutting a uh, a little bit of a path that's not really the same as his dad. Like, I think we could do the comparisons between Dusty and Cody if you want, but I think at the same time, he is cutting a path that is not like his father's. I know that a lot of times you see them together because they're father and son and you want to group them into the same group. And that's fair. We could do that with every Nepo wrestler that wrestles today and say, are they like their dad? Are they not like their dad? And I know that Cody over-references his dad too, where it's always like, Dusty Rhodes didn't win this. Well, I want to win it so I can finish the story. But I think this is a different way for him to go. And I think it's interesting. And I think it does reference to who we are in today and what wrestling is. That's the reason I, I, I feel like people are behind Cody Rhodes. It's not because he's just like his dad. That's not the way reason he's over like Rover. The reason he's over like Rover is because he has the ability, just like his dad, to interact with fans and have them feel something. Especially kids. Kids love Cody Rhodes. So he's found a way to make himself marketable, and that way is by being our common man for this era. You know what I mean? I do, but what makes him a common man, per se? Is it the fact that he calls himself the American Nightmare and wears American flag printed 
clothing because outside of those things, there's nothing that I can relate to. Well, he smokes me, cigars and wears suits. Cool. Like, let me let me show some shine some light on it. It's not it's not necessarily the suits and the American flags that make him a common man to me. The thing that makes him relatable to me is someone that continually gets knocked down and continually gets up like the Chumbawamba song. I know they're not from America, but there's few songs more American than I get knocked down and I get up again and you're never going to keep me down. He gets knocked down, but he continues to get up, whether that means they put stupid makeup on him and make him stardust or whether that means he gets fired and has to go work the Indies and rebuild his name. Whatever that means, he gets knocked down and he gets back up again which there's nothing more American than getting knocked on your back and saying, all right, bro, let me get back up. Let me put my boots on and let me get back to work. And that's what he's done is he went to he went to the Indies. He made a name for himself. He went to AEW. He made a name for himself. He got back to the place that shunned him and banished him and has made a name for himself. And that right there is an American story. And that, I mean, that's a really interesting point of view, right? Because you are correct in saying, you know, as someone who has taken their fair share of licks and keeps coming back for whatever reason, I can relate to that. But is that enough for me? And I'm not even does should be. But like, he's been cutting good promos. It should be enough for he, you. Man. He cut, and again, I'm I've never been the biggest Cody Rhodes guy in the world. I didn't like him much in AEW. I thought his shit got a little tired, especially there towards the end. But he is finding ways to become a crowd favorite in WWE. Whether I like him or don't like him. He's finding ways to get over, and that is respectable. And again, I, the reason I don't like him is because I'm not a huge fan of any of his finishers or the way he wrestles or the overuse of his catchphrases. It doesn't feel the same as when L.A. Knight organically slides a catchphrase into a promo when he comes out every single night and says, what do you want to talk about? I'm tired of it. But for kids... That's what they know him for. So that's okay. It, it, it's not everything's going to be for me, and I get that. What I can respect is someone that comes to work every single day and gives it everything he has. And that's what he's doing. Whether I like it or not, he's coming to work every single night, no matter what they give him, and he is taking that shit with a smile. Whether it's getting the shit beat out of him by Brock Lesnar. I saw someone post the other day. They said, Oh, the fall of Cody Rhodes. Now he's uh, in Money of the Bank facing Dom Mysterio. Just two months ago, he was the best thing in the company. And it's like people just look for shit to get mad about. Dom Mysterio is the top, the best heel they have in that company. The top of the heels, right? Why would you not want your top baby face facing your top heel? That's bullshit. People just look for shit to get mad about nowadays, nowadays and it's not fair. Even for someone I don't like, he deserves somebody to stand up behind him and say, hey, fuck off. He's doing everything he can in this system that they have given him to get himself over, and he will get over. He will not take that belt from Seth. I guarantee you right now he will take that belt from Roman. He will be the one. Because he even said in the presser, they said, hey, I want to ask you about finishing the story. Is When you get Seth's belt, if you get Seth's belt, would that finish the story? Did you hear what he said? What, how he responded? I did not, but I'm assuming he... He said, that's not that's not the story that I'm finishing. My story is with that belt that is around Roman Reigns' waist. My story is not with the belt that's on Seth Rollins' waist. And he says, now Seth has done great things for this company. This is not a mark on the belt or a mark on what he's doing and legitimizing that belt. This is a mark on the story that I want to finish. 
and the story he wants to finish is to get that belt that eluded his dad for so long. That's the belt he wants. And I've been saying it since WrestleMania, right? We're going to see it at either SummerSlam or Mania coming up. And it's going to be a beautiful moment. It's going to touch a lot of people. I think it's just really interesting when you look at his presentation of an American babyface, how it's developed since back when his dad was in the, the Fed and portrayed the exact same kind of character. The Fed. Look at you, bub. Look at you using the Fed. I, I <laughs> Nothing more American than wrestling fans using the word the Fed when they talk about WWE. It's just changed so much, right? And he's doing this. He's doing it well. I just don't know if he's as relatable as, you know, what Dusty was back to back then, or maybe even a Stone Cold Who is? in the Attitude Era. The, the whole industry was different. Again, you're not, that's apples and oranges, though. This is not the same in, industry that was through 80s and the 90s. This is not the same thing, dude. This is a completely different sport. Just like every sport, it's evolved into something else. It's not as easy to get over nowadays, though. Doesn't it fascinate you, though, that we have characters within WWE that are very much made for children and to relate to children like you said like kids love cody right but somehow as adults we eat that shit up we're here for the ride just as much even though we can tell that these characters aren't supposed to be relating to us necessarily how do you get that what do you get that from him just because he smokes cigars he, are you saying if you didn't if we weren't uh millionaires you wouldn't smoke cigars no it's just make me a millionaire see if i don't have a cool ass cigar in my mouth he's not the kind of guy i could uh you know smoke some weed with or drink a beer with you know and that's what i think that's fair that's fair that's, who is the type of guy that you would smoke some weed with give me three in wrestling right now that you're like you know what let me drink a beer with this guy or smoke some weed with him current wrestlers go rob van dam he ain't a current wrestler. Of course you could smoke weed with him because that's all he does. He's just smoking weed. I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about in, the, in the main companies right now and not Grim Reefer because that's another person Taz. that's too obvious and easy. Okay, there. See, that's what I want. Taz does seem like a person. He's not a current wrestler, but he also does seem like a person that really doesn't want to move a lot and would much rather just eat a bag of Doritos and smoke a joint with you. Street profit. They want the smoke. Well, they So... Speaking of patriotic gear, they almost always run red, white, and blue. Exactly, man. Just depending almost on what show always. they're on. They're a, they're a patriotic tag team in themselves, dude. That's who I might vote for next year's Mr. Patriot. Because when Montez goes out on his own and he's a face, he's going to be running all kinds of American flag shit. Danielson. Man, I don't know. He seems like he would be a little snobby to me. Like, he's uh, the, the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, sure. But, like, he seems like he would not be that fun to hang out with, to be honest. Seems like he would want to, like, shoot wrestle you after he gets high. Like, he just seems like anything he does. You know what time it is? We should wrestle in the yard. It's like, no, dude. I'm not trying to wrestle you in the yard, dude. Like, we just smoked a joint. Why do you want to go wrestle now? What's wrong with you? Now a word from our sponsors. Whether you're new in town or been here for a while, we'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to show us some From liking and subscribing on YouTube to leaving a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, anything and everything helps. You can also interact with us on Facebook and on the YouTube community tab. We want your feedback for future episodes. Just search for Jaded Rasslin on your favorite platform and let us know your thoughts. Last but certainly not least, we also have merch for sale on ProWrestlingTees.com.
So with Forbidden Door in the past and the summer of CM Punk in full swing, I wanted to revisit one of my early comparisons. CM Punk left and went away for a long time and everyone kind of figured that was the end of CM Punk. I compared him to another man from Chicago. Another man who's no stranger to controversy. Another man who's been at the top of his craft and has done everything in his field. Also another man who is widely hated. I compared him to none other than Kanye West. Now, I know what you're going to say. Why are we doing this? Why are we comparing wrestlers to rappers? But I believe that Kanye and CM Punk are more similar than we think they are. So I started thinking about the reasons that I'm back on the CM Punk train. As soon as he was announced for Collision, it seemed like I jumped at the opportunity to get to see him wrestle and get to see him on a microphone again. And I think the reason is, like him and like Kanye, I see myself as sort of a self-destructor as well. Growing up, I got, I got myself into a lot of good situations that I would always seem to fizzle out in because I can't seem to shut my mouth. I can't seem to be quiet when it's time to be quiet. I've always got to say the joke. I've always got to say the thing that gets me into trouble. I can't help myself. Both of them are a lot like that in a lot of ways. You think about their upbringing into their businesses. CM Punk busts into Ring of Honor and is a huge star, but getting into WWE is not looked at as the star that he is because of his side. So CM Punk struggles for a while to prove to people his worth, where Kanye did the same thing. Kanye would rap to anybody that would listen to him, but everybody just saw him as a beat guy. Everybody just saw CM Punk as an indie wrestler. Nobody saw the potential behind who he was, especially Vince. Kanye would go to rapper after rapper after rapper, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, and they'd hear it and they'd say, man, I just don't know if that's what we're looking for right now. Eventually, the cream rises to the top, to quote Macho Man. And it did, in both cases. Whereas CM Punk becomes the star that you want him to be in WWE because it is undeniably good at controlling a microphone in a crowd. Kanye, on the other hand, is able to pioneer a new direction of hip-hop based on backpacks, which is a pushing away gun talk, which is the only thing that was going on at that time period in hip-hop. So both of them navigating the hardships of their field by doing something different. Also, both of them finding ways to fuck everything up. Now, I, I again, as a longtime Kanye fan, every project he's made, except for Jesus is King, has talked to me in a certain way. Every single project he's made. Donda, Pablo, all of them, everything. Dark Twisted Fantasy, everything that Kanye has made there are songs on every album that I relate to a certain portion of my life. You think about Lost in the World on Dark Twisted Fantasy. That signifies a part of my life where I was going through a tough time. And I pushed through it because songs like that made me feel like I had a purpose. CM Punk did that for people too. For a genre of music that wasn't widely popular then, especially in wrestling, he kind of pushed the narrative, narrative of metal and wrestling. Without CM Punk, I don't think that this style of wrestling is really represented. And representation is everything. I think it's an interesting conversation to have where we always look to people that have similarities to us. I think I was talking to Ted about it earlier, and he was telling me how he felt when he saw people like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard wrestling in the 80s. And he said, hey, look, these guys, I can never be Hulk Hogan. I can never be that guy because I'm never going to be Six six five and jacked and 300 pounds. It's never going to happen. 
But when I look at someone like Tolly Blanchard, I see someone that I could potentially be. I see someone that reminds me of me. And that's kind of how CM Punk was for a generation of metal kids. For kids that grew up on Haste the Day and Gwen Stacy. And, you know, that's the Kill Switch Engage. That's a good example. So I wanted to talk about how representation is important because Kanye, on the other hand, speaks to a section of our youth that really wasn't talked about. We didn't talk about mental health in, in hip hop music at that time. He did. He let every one of his problems be aired out in every single song. He never held anything back. Neither did CM Punk. If he ever had an issue and that microphone was in his hand, he was going to say it. That was going to happen. And that's the part that makes them a little bit dangerous, I guess, in the same aspect. You think about the pipe bomb, which is widely regarded as his most popular promo. Whether it's a work or not, he said some things in that promo that I'm sure Vince wasn't too happy about. I'm sure it didn't go over very well. Same thing with the media scrum. He said some things in that media scrum that I'm sure people were like, ah, dude, fuck are you talking about? It's been the same with Kanye. Now, I'm, I don't always agree with everything that Kanye says, but what I will say, he is unapologetic and says whatever it think, he thinks as soon as he thinks it, which is the same problem that I've suffered with most of my life. If I'm thinking something, I'm probably going to say it. And I'm probably going to risk myself getting in trouble to say it. It's a dangerous way to live your life. But sometimes when you're built like that, you're built like that. Now, both of those guys come off the backs of greatness. You think about CM Punk and his feud with Raven that kind of made him in Ring of Honor. These are guys that he respected, but he was able to make a career off of these people. He was able to go against people like John Cena and all these really, really, really successful wrestlers that you never thought that he would be able to stand up against. The Rock, all these guys that are, are legends in their own right and stand up toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and prove that he's supposed to be there. Kanye does the same thing. If you pick up College Dropout and you pick up Graduation, there are songs with Jay-Z who most people would consider right there on that Mount Rushmore of hip-hop. And he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jay-Z every single time. That's not an easy feat. That's not something that you can just wave off and say, wow, he's toe-to-toe -to Jay-Z. Not that many people have done that. It's an incredible feat when you see something like that from people that you respect and you're like, dude, you're on the Mount Olympus now. Just don't fuck it up. And then, of course, the inevitable downfall happens. But representation is still there. And maybe that's the reason why I feel the way I do about these guys. Maybe that's the reason when I hear songs like Blood on the Leaves by Kanye, I understand what he's going through. I understand being broken and being completely lost and trying to figure out a way out of it with the only way that you know how. Your craft. Same thing with Punk. Okay, I just tore, tore my chest apart, essentially, in this match. I'm going to be out for nine months. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I don't know how to let out this, this pain inside of me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go after you in the media scrum, which now he's admitted was the wrong way of handling it. But at the time, it felt like the right way to handle it. I'm sure for him, because again, I've been in that situation where you're on a hot seat and you can say something. You don't need to say something, but you can say something. And that's the most intriguing part of this to me is how long can he go with this, this wrestling character that he's portraying while he's turning heels slowly but surely without getting himself into enough hot water where he can't help himself but to say something off, off cuff? Because that's who he is. That's who Kanye is as well. If Kanye sees something he doesn't like, he has to say something. Hey, I don't want my kids on TikTok. 
I don't want that. That's what he thinks. When he thinks that, he says it. It's the same thing with punk. It's the same thing with me. You call out the things that you don't think are right, even if you're wrong. And again, it's a dangerous way to live. I don't, I'm not recommending anybody go self-sabotage their life, but some of us are built to do that. Some of us can't help ourselves. And those people are always the most interesting people. Jerry Jarrett said, controversy sells. And I believe that he's right. And that's one of the truest words spoken in wrestling today. You think about all the times where real life has bled into wrestling or real life has bled into hip hop. It creates more sales. When you think about Kanye and 50 Cent during that release of Graduation and the release of Curtis, when 50 says, I'll quit if you sell more than me, he ain't about it. But if Kanye had lost that, he'd have quit. He'd have quit music altogether because that's the person that he is. Someone that stands on their morals, even when their morals are a little bit shaded. I still can respect that. At the end of the day, I still respect Phil. Because when he goes to that microphone, all that he's going to say is exactly what he's thinking. And to me, there's nothing more beautiful than that. Nothing in the world. Tell me exactly what you want to say. Don't bullshit me. Don't lie to me. Tell me exactly what you want to say. And I'm here for it. I'm here to listen. If you've got to say something to me that's truthful and real, I want to hear that. I don't want to hear no bullshit lie. And I think that's why I'm so excited about this summer of punk for us, of what we're about to get with CM Punk. Imagine he goes bowling, and in the middle of the bowling match, he's like, if you get this strike, I'm going to shoot wrestle you in the parking lot. <laughs> 